welcome back to Out on That Line podcast. It is episode 124. I'm here with my co-host Alex as always. Alex, how you doing this week? Jeff, I am five foot three and I'm 300 pounds and your taxes sure pay for my bags of fudge rounds. I'm here. <laughs> I'm locked and loaded. I'm ready for a good episode, baby. Well, that is a good segue because we were both wondering, how do we talk about Burning Man? What I read today is that Oliver Anthony is one of the 70,000 people <laughs> that were stuck at Burning Man. And by the time the people hear this, it's probably been you know cleared up. But the schadenfreude, I think I said last week, I was like the, the purveyors of musical schadenfreude that we are on this podcast. And I didn't really have anything to say to back that up on the podcast last week, but the universe answered the bell this week, Alex, because Burning Man, one road out, one road in, and that road was apparently a cement mud pit. Mm, you love to see it. You love to see the trust fund kids just slopping in the midday sun, baby, just baking like the little pigs they are. I just want to know what that Oliver Anthony guy was doing at Burning Man. Like, I, I, it seems it? to me to be completely antithetical to everything that he was bitching about in that song. Which, to be fair, I've gone back and listened to it because you may have guessed from my intro, but the line about the fudge rounds makes me belly laugh every single time. <laughs> yeah, I know it's very it's offensive. So it trades on very offensive stereotypes, but it's also very funny to me. You should, if you sound like this, you shouldn't say fudge in your song because I'm going to laugh. <laughs> fudge rounds. So I, 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 the song makes some valid points about, you know, the kleptocrats that run this country and, and you know what I mean? But going to Burning Man is supporting that kind of rampant capitalist pig institution that he's all riled up about in the song. So it's like, why would you go? Why would you go, Mr. Fudge Rounds Man? Yeah, and I think so... I think Burning Man obviously started out to be the opposite of what it has become, you know, because I think Burning Man started out and it was, they were trying to make it kind of what, you know, Coachella or Bonnaroo or those, those festivals used to be, where it was more about just like art and being weird than it was about seeing a big festival set. And I think they have started to get to that point minus like the music really, it's just become a destination. It's become like an Instagram event. Basically, you know, the, the whole idea was to, you know, pack in, pack out everything that you need for a few days of just, you know, you could participate in debauchery if you wanted to. It was just pure, unadulterated freedom, basically, as long as you weren't hurting other people, um, at least without their consent. Who knows what went on there? Um, you know, it's that was the point of it. Now it's just completely against that. I mean, there's the video of Chris Rock riding in the back of a truck with Diplo on their way out of Burning Man. So like, you can't really sit here and tell me that it's still representing the same values that it used to. But it brings me to my next point about Oliver Ooh. Anthony is I think he is an AI constructed robot because after he came out with that song and like, what other way can you interpret, you know, if you're five foot three and 300 pounds, my taxes shouldn't pay for your fudge rounds. How else can you interpret that other than just like some very like anti-poor, like anti-lower class rhetoric that you hear from the GOP all the time? How else can you interpret that at all? And then he comes out after that and says, 
well, I don't like them either. You know, they don't, they can't use my song on stage because I don't believe in them either. And it's like, okay, where are we? The lines are very squiggly right now. There's no clear cut lines about what you believe in whatsoever. And I suppose that's fair, but it really leads me more to believe that he's just a socially adaptive, intelligent being that's not actually human. Well, especially when people go to that familiar argument, like, I hate both sides. I hate, I think both sides are wrong. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's not a novel idea. But I, I, for me, what was so wild about that line is, again, you're on board with this song. It's just like politicians. You're, you're, the dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. You make shit wages anyway. The fat cats are getting fatter off your dime. And you're like, yes, absolutely. Mm, church. And then he's talking about, like, you know, Epstein. Do I wish they'd look out for minors instead of minors on an island? And you're like, Ab absolutely. And then he just slips in that, like, yeah, and if you're fat and you're on welfare, fuck you. And you're like, whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry? Like out of nowhere. How did we get <laughs> out, out of nowhere? How did we get here? Um, yeah, it is a uh, quite the phenomenon. And I got to tell you, what started off as a poignant song and should have been a poignant song is like the funniest fucking thing to me now. Again, it trades in all kinds of bad stereotypes in that one line. And it's that one line that pissed everybody off. But God damn it, is it funny? Just the way that he does it. For your bags of fudge rounds. Your bags of fudge rounds. I'm like, do they even come in a bag? I don't even know. I don't think I've ever seen a fudge round in my life. But they, it's now they the come individually. They come individually packaged. You okay. know, if I'm thinking of like the little Debbie, little pastry cake things, they're individually packaged. Like it's a little like fudge sandwich, you know? Well, it's like you chocolate, know, chocolate cake pieces and then a little chocolate fudge in the middle. Okay, I can get down with the uh, bags of fudge rounds. They're, del they're delicious. <laughs> if I was on welfare, I'd still buy fudge rounds. Hell yeah. Well, and the thing is, he, it's not like he's, he came out of nowhere with the song. He lives in a fucking camper in the woods. So why is he suddenly like, and another thing, if you're a big fat piece of shit, you should not get government issued fudge rounds. I won't stand yeah, this, for I'll go to the pedophile island before I'll eat your fudge rounds. This clearly the way he lives has never paid taxes in his life. Unbelievable. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, there's it's it's uh, they're just trying to steal Firefest 2's thunder. Because Firefest 2 now, like, look at what just happened at Burning Man. Like, they're going to have to crank it up so hard. Firefest 2 might be the only pure music festival left. The most pure festival experience because they really committed to making it as dog dirt awful. Sleeping on pissy mattresses, eating pieces of cheese. Like, they've really committed to making it kind of an everyman festival. Despite the fact that you had to pay exorbitant amounts of money to go. But I think they've really committed to their aesthetic, and I hope they don't lose that. If you're listening, Billy Whippersnapper, or whatever the guy's name is, Billy Eichner, <laughs> don't lose what made you special in the first. Don't try to become Bonnaroo. Don't try to become Burning Man. Mm -hmm. You stay Fire Festival, and you keep it 100. Yeah, they in. I don't know if you remember last time we talked about the original Fire Festival when it was happening, but we said that we wanted to get sent there and that if there was some listener that wanted to give us their ticket, but now that there's a fire fest too happening, we can open that, that offer back up. So if you do want to send out of that line to fire fest too, just get at us in the comment section, 
And where can you find that comment section, Alex? Well, Jeff, I'm so glad you asked. I'm tickled pink and I'm black and blue all over because I've just been beating myself up saying, why don't we publicize this channel more? It deserves to be so much grander and so much larger and so much more well-populated than it is. So if you want to save me from my state, if you want to take my pain away and replace it with something that will keep me going on and creating content with Jeff, like the podcast, like our reaction videos, like singles, like on the record, like everything we do, like we do best on our beautiful YouTube channel, then you got to skedaddle. Don't run, don't walk, skedaddle to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Again, folks, okay, I'm going to go trumpy hands on you, okay? You got to go. It's a tremendous channel. It's huge. You got to like it. You got to subscribe. You got to leave comments. You got to have notifications on. There's protocol, people, and you don't want to break that. So go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line and join us today. <laughs> and join us today that was like a like a public service announcement absolutely yeah that was really well done well what do you say we talk about the reason we're here this week and the new album by the artist hosier called unreal unearth now alex we talked about hosier a little bit before this episode and i was i'd let you know to you know asked you kind of how familiar you were so the normal question i normally ask you on the episode but i asked you then I'm going to ask you now so we can get it on the record. What was your familiarity with this particular artist? Take Me to Church. And I absolutely hate that song now. And it is not <laughs> Hozier's fault. Hozier? 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 I think it's Hozier. Hozier? Yeah, that's how I've always said it. Hozier. Hozier. Yeah, it's like a hose, but Hozier. Hozier. Got it. Okay, yeah. good. Good mnemonic device. Hozier. I don't begrudge the feller because it is a good song that just got co-opted by douchebags. Oh yeah. And, and, and like, obviously the video for it had these like strong LGBT themes and it was very critical of the church and, and how like the Catholic church um, persecutes people for their sexuality or doesn't accept them for their sexuality. And that's great. But then you had people that it, it's like people that are like, Boom! in the usa and think it's this like rocking jingoistic anthem people that just like fundamentally misunderstand what the song is about have mm -hmm. made it theirs and it's just so ubiquitous it was everywhere it took over the world and that's my thing you let me go ahead and make me sick of a song don't do it for me i'm gonna go ahead and listen to a song a million times until it hurts don't do it for me don't don't give it to johnny so that really going into it kind of unfortunately calcified me against Hosier, 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 um, and never really gave him a chance. And then Tanner, friend of the show Tanner, came out strong in favor of this album, gave it a listen, and the rest is history. How about you? So I am an unabashed Hosier fan. Um, that the his first album, the self-titled album, is top to bottom fantastic i mean they have so take me to church is on there and i agree with you that song is is overplayed that's his don't stop believing i think mm. um at this point so but it also has someone new um like real people do um work song he there are so so many good songs on that album and i just really 
I like him a lot as an artist and just kind of the way he approaches a pop song. You know, it's, it's very much like, you know, reverb. Yes, please. You know, it's like me when they're, when they're grating out the Parmesan at Olive Garden and they're telling me when that's like him turning up the reverb. He doesn't say when he's like, just whatever 11 is, just put it up there. And that's, I, I love that. He's just a fantastic singer. And usually reverb is what people are going to use to kind of mask some like kind of hollowness in a voice. He doesn't need that at all. He just uses it because it sounds cool. You know, it's like T-Pain with the auto tune. You know, he just uses that because it sounds good. And I love those songs in that on that album. This album blew my dick off. I mean, from the second song, was it De Selby 2? Is that the name of, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, De Selby Part 2. I mean, absolutely floored me, floored me. And then from then on, there were so many moments on this album that just absolutely, I was, I like it even more than that original self-titled album because it just like had so many surprises and like really fantastic moments. Um, just, just really well put together. And yeah, I loved it. I can't wait to like, just, we're going to dig into it. Yeah. So, I mean, let's dig right in and I won't bury the lead. I also loved it. I expected Let's put it this way. Tanner and I have a lot of musical tastes that sync up perfectly, as do you and I, as do you and Tanner. Mm -hmm. And and there are a lot of things that we're all kind of in lockstep on. And then there are some times where you don't necessarily make the leap with that person. Tanner loves a very structured, technically excellent showcase for musicians. I sometimes like more risk-taking weirdness, messiness. Like, mm-hmm. he, for example, was like, ah, Caliucci's, I see its value, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and Tanner, if I'm putting words in your mouth, go to the comments at youtube.com forward slash <laughs> forward slash out on that line. Let the people know. Um, so we have these kind of differences. And I just got it in my head. I was like, Hozier, it still sounds, Hozier Sounds way more. Say it however. Yeah, just say okay. it. Everybody knows. They're all they're all wondering too. Okay. Hozier. <laughs> Hozier to me was one of those things where I'm like, I feel like that's going to be a very, um, it's going to be very specific to his taste. Come to find out. I also said, uh, Tanner, I bet you're going to have a hard time getting Jeff to review that album. Something tells me he doesn't like Hozier. And I don't know where I came up with that. No, I don't either. So, <laughs> I've always liked since day one. So. I loved Hozier. Yeah. Shame on me. Um, but it, it, for me, it's a great middle ground between that kind of polished technical prowess and then going out on a limb and making some weirder choices all held together by expert mixing. Just Mm -hmm. this was mastered and mixed perfectly. It's beautiful. And like the, the Lonnie Holly that we did way back when, Mm -hmm. This demands your attention, at least for the first time through. Like the songs, yeah, once they get into you, you can enjoy them independently. But listening to it all the way through as an album is just like so richly rewarding. Again, based on the uh, inspired by Dante's Inferno. And we'll get into that, how like where and how that was and wasn't successful. Mm. Um, But the concept and just like the beauty of it kind of demand that you you focus on it. Don't be driving. Don't be mowing the lawn. Don't be cooking a stir fry. Sit with your headphones on and listen and then work mm-hmm. outwards from there. Yeah. And this, and I really, like, I love how 
he's got a very powerful voice, you know, and I love how he can just, he just sets that on top of, you know, sometimes just that's very ethereal sounding music. It's almost like, like Enya meets the cranberries, you know, just to keep it in the UK. Um, it's just this, it's gives me very like witchy vibes. I don't know how else to, to say it. That's kind of always what he has done. Um, you know, like work song. He talks about like life and death a lot. Like those are huge, huge themes in his music. Um, he talks about love a lot, you know, just basically the full gamut of like the human experience is kind of what he's interested in talking about. And while he does have like most of his perspective is, is kind of from himself and how he's seeing the world. Um, I don't think he really puts himself into, you know, into characters as much. Um, you know, I think he's not a songwriter like a Bruce Springsteen or, you know, somebody like that, that kind of makes up these rich stories about folks. He's using his experiences to tell you about that, but he does it in such a, a grand, like kind of just ethereal way that it's, it's never uninteresting. Um, starting right out, you hear that, you know, the first song, Dis Elby part one is like a great kind of ease you into things. And then Dis Elby part two hits so hard. First time slows it down a little bit more. And then when he hits Francesca mm. and just completely, absolutely just starts rocking out. And that's just a full on straight up like queen style rock song. Just absolutely incredible kind of choices musically throughout this whole album. There's like every part of the album has like a knockout highlight. It's so it's really, really good. Francesca in particular was fantastic. It was the first, like I was in it, but as soon as that song started, I was like, oh shit, it's going to be one of those kinds of albums. Mm -hmm. I got very excited. There was a lot of gripping material on this. And like you said, there's never a point where it was uninteresting. I think some things were maybe more successful than others. Um, So that brings me to the Dante's Inferno of it all. Mm -hmm. Certain, there were, Kind of parts where lyrically he decided to abandon the concept um, and and start drawing upon sometimes cliches like, you know, the the broken heart work. He doesn't actually say work in that nine to five. That's an inside joke mm-hmm. about like every songwriter will be like working that nine to five. Um, so there were kind of these moments where I think he fell back on tropes, but not in any kind of like, ooh, wag of the finger way. I think it's just these digressions that kept the album from being entirely a Dante's Inferno concept album, but I didn't need it to be one. Mm -hmm. It just had to be inspired by it and make him come up with whatever songs that inspired. Um, And I also think it really fits his aesthetic perfectly, which is this, you talk about the reverb, this like big chamber choir sound that he's so fond of Mm -hmm. and so good at. His voice... We'll do a little digression here. He has this ability. There are, like, when you're really trying to hit a, a, a high note and hit it loud and, like, shake the rafters, and you just kind of have to yell and go with it, and it's big and it's open, there's not a lot of vibrato, and it's just, bah, you're going for it. There are people like that, one of them being Idina Menzel, who are prioritizing technique over the sound, the emotion, the beauty. Idina Menzel sucks ass. I'm going to go on record and say Idina Menzel (laughs) sucks. There is nothing pleasant about listening to her voice. She's just trying to show you she can hit these notes, but there ain't nothing beautiful about them. Mm 
Hozier can hit these notes and you can tell he's swinging for it and he's giving it all his, he's giving it all he's got captain, but it's still beautiful. It's, it's kind of coarse. It's kind of on the edge of technique, but that's what makes it so wonderful because it's, it's pushed out of him by a feeling, by a thought, by an emotion. And that to me is what makes him such an interesting singer is he allows it to be he allows himself to trust that he has the technical ability trust that he has the voice and just let everything come naturally as he explores the concept and the Mm -hmm. music yeah and he's i really i don't i i think of the best example of hosier for me is the song someone new from the first album just the way that it's it's structured, it's such an odd concept of you know the the lyrics being I fall in love with someone someone new or some I fall in love a little a little bit every day with someone new and it's just such an odd song because it's fully admitting like I'm I'm commitment phobic like I really can't sit still anywhere but the at the end of that song he goes into this like full on like straight up chorus like this like it's like he's got a choir there with him and it's massive it's big it's like not what you expect out of that song and to for me up until this point until this album that was the quintessential like hosier for me um work song is fantastic like real like real people do is a like really heartfelt nice slow song but someone new was always the standout for me until this album there's a few songs that in fact surpass that unknown slash and is phenomenal when that one mm. gets kicking. Francesca's phenomenal when that one gets kicking. Um, all things end phenomenal. I mean, DeSelby part two, I mean, all of them are like, he took everything he did well previously and just poured kerosene on all of it. And I, I like that this is your first like real deep experience with him and I've gotten to see the progression. So I think we get like kind of both bases covered as far as, you know, his progression as an artist versus if you come in right now. And I think this is very much like unmistakably Hozier. You know, I don't think he's doing anything sound wise or sonically that he hadn't done before. He just hadn't put it together like this before. And it really is something special when you hear those highlight kind of songs. Even the song he did with Brandy Carlisle mm. on there was was phenomenal, man. Um, and just how excited do you think she was? Because I, I think he doesn't really do a ton of collaborations, and I think he's fairly reclusive, like kind of as a person. Like he doesn't really do a lot of public-facing things. He plays shows, and that's really all people ever see of him. I think. Um, so him getting someone like her on there, he probably had her picked out. He was like, "I her voice is exactly what I want on this song," and it it, it works so perfectly. Well, yeah, their voices are absolutely perfect together. Damage gets done was a highlight of the album. Francesca was a highlight of the album and Butchered Tongue was a highlight of the album for me. Um, Because one of the wonderful things he does is just leaves himself a lot of room to grow and digress, but not digress in a like Frank Zappa way where it's like, you know, Mellotron solo. But everything starts off pretty quiet and somber. Not in every instance, but for the most part, He'll start here and leave himself someplace to go. That's like, don't get me wrong, I love rock and roll, but rock and roll tends to have like one gear, which is crank it to 11 and tear the knob off, pedal to the metal. 
that's great for that specific kind of music. But I think when other artists are reaching for energy, they ape that and it doesn't work for their personality or their genre. So Hozier very wisely kind of keeps it in reserve to build, to build, to build, to build, to build. And there's so much grandeur to these songs. They're big. Like, if you'll allow me a minor digression, I, after I listen to something, after I've got my opinions, I'll go through and I always got to read Pitchfork because Pitchfork pisses me the fuck off. (laughs) Every time, dude, every time. They shit all over this album. And said that it made him look like an interloper and like he was like a pale imitation of himself. And where's the guy that gave us Take Me to Church? It's like right fucking here. That's a great song. It was ruined by douchebags who were like, I can't stop playing it. And, you know, that's a fine looking high horse that you got. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Stop. I don't don't make me hate the song. But they did. I don't hate it. I just don't. I can't enjoy it anymore. Mm -hmm. But. I was kind of shocked at the critical response to this in some cases because I don't know why, like, what they were expecting because this is very good. It's very well put together, and people are dunking on it for the most arbitrary reasons, one of which was, well, you know, conceptually, it doesn't really, it's not really cohesive. And I'm like, okay, but maybe that's a feature, not a bug. Like maybe again, it's inspiration versus like, I have to nail this concept. Yeah. So I just, I don't understand like every time, you know, me, one of my big things is I want artists to get wild and get out of the pocket and do something kind of interesting and different. So you get someone doing that and then you see like the mainstream, the lamestream media suddenly being like, yeah, no, this wasn't good. And I'm like, what the hell did you want? What the hell else did you want? Like, it, it's it's consistent and yet it's fresh it was interesting and yet it was familiar i i don't know i really 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 enjoyed this album i can't think of like many more ways to say that um but hosier won a fan in me one what won an admirer in me because i was completely unconverted and this album kind of brought me to that point for me i'm gonna say it's a stream it which don't let that confuse my enthusiasm and say well he didn't love it that much he only gave it a stream it i don't want to be disingenuous and be like well now i'm the number one hosier fan so go ahead and stream it that's fair because i'm gonna say buy it and i already have so well there we go i I can fully endorse that statement um i really have you gone back and listened to any of his older stuff have you had a not yet because I realized after you were talking about it, I do know I fall in love just a little more. Yeah, you know, like I because it had it had Queen Marjorie in that music video for that one. Really good old what's her name? Um, yep, drawn yeah, total Queen blank. Marjorie. <laughs> yeah. You know that's that's why I said Queen Marjorie. <laughs> you know that's it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah. like real people do is a is a wonderful song. Um, put that one on with Elizabeth sometime. You can, you can okay. bleep out her name if we're not doing government names of on the podcast for, um, but yeah, put that, put that one on when you guys are just kind of hanging out, you know, it's a nice song. And then, uh, work song. When my time comes around, lay me gently in the cold, dark earth. There's no grave mm. can hold my body down. I'll crawl back to her. Wow strong yeah he's, it's no when i die lay me down in the dixie dirt but 
<laughs> or what was that? There was the song by the band Perry. I don't know if you remember that, but they oh, just God. it was on it was on Froggy one hundred point nine like every five minutes. Ugh, well, so I'm sure, I'm sure you heard it at your dad's office. Well, I'm sure you heard it at your dad's office. No, the only thing I remember hearing at his office was Mandolin Rain. Listen to the mandolin rain. God bless Bruce. Yeah, Hansby. he would have. Yeah, he would have some easy listening in there. Oh, absolutely! You gotta keep yeah. it sedated, man. Yeah. Yeah, I can't have anybody getting too hopped up in there. Well, that was that was a good one. I like that. I like that album a lot. I really suggest you go out at least listen to it. Do what Alex said. At least stream it. Um, if you were already a Hozier fan, I think you're gonna love this one like I did. So go ahead and buy it. It's out on CD, which I recommend. It's also out on vinyl. I also recommend that, but CDs just easier and they sound better. I'm just gonna say it. Maybe that's a hot take, but it's true. It's oh, it the case. Shit. Yeah, it's it's easy. To, it's easy to say when it's the truth, Alex. But make sure you let us know down in the comments below what you want to hear because next week I think we have Tyler Childers mm-hmm. will be out for next week, and then and then I think it's Mitski. You so we are back right up to that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we have our next two weeks locked up, but we'll have some openings after that. So let us know once again down in those comments. Tell us what you thought of this album. If you agree with Pitchfork, you know you can put your comment in there, but it might get deleted because um, we loved it. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Alex. Do you have any closing thoughts? I just want to say, if you're five foot three and you're three hundred <laughs> pounds. The government should not have to pay for your goddamn bags of fudge rounds. But no, we will. Certainly not. Because we love you. And we will always pay for them. Keep coming back. And we'll give you all the fudge, musical fudge <laughs> rounds you can handle. Yeah. Until next time.